right, welcome to this episode of the WAD GOP Report. My guest today is King County Council Member Reagan Dunn. Rank Reagan, thank you so much for joining us today. Mr. Chairman, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is an exciting year. We were just talking about 2022, the opportunities we have across the board here in Washington State, and you, my friend, are running uh, for Congress. So can you just tell us a little bit about uh, your background and what's led you to this point? Yeah, well, thanks, uh, Caleb. I sure appreciate the chance to be here. You know, it's it's. I'm really proud to have uh, served in elected office as a member of the King County Council, sort of fighting to stop the spread of Seattle's failed policies on homelessness and on crime and out-of-control government spending. And so uh, it's the same kind of thing we need to do in Congress, which is why I'm I'm running. I think the, the, the President of the United States, Joe Biden, and our incumbent member of Congress are making this country weaker, not stronger. And so I'm bringing my experience to bear. And, and that experience includes a lot more than just my time in elective office uh, as a member of, of the King County Council, as the conservative on the King County Council. Uh, I went to University of Washington Law School uh, here locally and practiced uh, down the street in Bellevue at a law firm. Uh, doing municipal law for a few years and got hooked up with a, a guy by the name of George W. Bush. He was uh, then governor of Cal or governor of Texas, excuse me, and uh, he was re- getting ready to run for office. And so I wrote a letter to Carl Rove, uh, who was down there in Texas with him, and and uh, and uh, said I want to be involved in the campaign. And Carl Rove wrote me a letter back and said all right, well, what do you want to do? So I said, I want to be legal counsel for the campaign. So I did that and, and was a delegate to the National Convention uh, uh, in Philadelphia as a Republican and served as legal counsel and was on the Florida recount team uh, wow. back in the day. was down there uh, working hard on, I still have hanging Chad, literally, uh, from, that, uh, from that campaign. And uh, after he won, I took a leave of absence from my law firm here in Bellevue, and I went and volunteered on the presidential transition team, helping um, sort of get the administration up and running. And <clears throat> I was asked on day, uh, just before inauguration, so inauguration was on the weekend, and then at 9 a.m., uh, whatever it was, January 21st, 2001, they asked me to join the parachute team at the U.S. Department of Justice, so I was one of the first five Republicans to enter the agency. Um, and what you do is at 9 a.m., you literally show up at the front door of the Justice Department on Pennsylvania Avenue, these 30-foot-high pewter doors, and we were met there by Bob Mueller, later the director of the wow. FBI. He was acting deputy attorney general. Um, and so I did that for a while and got engaged in a bunch of things, but my particular specialty was uh, gun violence, focusing on gun violence. So. I helped co-author and then uh, ran uh, President George W. Bush's national effort to fight gun violence, a program called Project Safe Neighborhoods. Traveled to over 40 states, showing them how to implement a a program that aggressively enforced our nation's uh, laws um, by putting violent criminals behind bars where they can't re-offend, which is what we need to be doing now. Of course, when Obama and Biden came in, they stripped that program away, even though it had been measured across the country with making meaningful reductions in gun-related uh, violent crime. It was a program endorsed by the NRA because it advocated for no new laws rather than the enforcement of the laws we have. So I did that. I did a bunch of other stuff, some counterterrorism work, a few other things, um, and ultimately uh, uh, spent time in the U.S. Attorney's Office in D.C., then later U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of Florida, and then Assistant uh, U.S. Attorney 
uh, here in Washington in the Terrorism and Violent Crime Unit of the U.S. Attorney's Office here. Uh, I had top secret security clearance. I was involved in the investigation of Zacharias Musawi, sometimes referred to as the 20th hijacker on September 11th. Uh, did a lot of uh, interesting and important work uh, there and enjoyed the job very much. And then uh, my friend Rob McKenna got elected Attorney General of the state, and uh, there was a vacancy on the King County Council. And, and uh, I decided, uh, after a lot of encouragement, to, to try and get the nomination uh, and appointment to it, which I was successful in doing. Um, and, uh, and then uh, the voters shrank the council from 13 members to nine, so I ended up very quickly in a primary election with my friend Steve Hammond. Um, and uh, we ended up beating Steve, uh, but I really respect and like Steve, so I, started, I hired Steve Hammond onto my staff, and he helped me with rural and agricultural-related issues for a number of years after that time. Um, and I've been fighting then to help Republicans as much as I can, as you know, uh, founded the Jennifer Dunn Leadership Institute, served as the chairman of the board of directors there, and, uh, and uh, we have gotten more than 100 people elected to public office through that program, and proudly served as a Republican PCO in a number of places, and, and been active in the party ever since. So uh, now, with all that experience as background and serving in a significant elected office uh, of nearly 300,000 people, most of which are in the 8th Congressional District. I seek to try and help make the country better because it desperately needs it. So there's the background for you. Yeah, that's great. That's a, uh, you have an extensive background of service to the community, service to the country, um, and, and I think that uh, positions you well to represent them in Congress, represent us in Congress. Why this year? Kind of what's motivating you to step forward now and, and run for Congress? The Democratic Party is failing in about every way possible. And they are not leading at all. Uh, they are moving more and more towards socialism, towards Marxism. And w w this country can't sustain itself under that vision of leadership. Um, if you look at the problems facing America today, uh, the worst inflation in over 40 years, uh, that is driven directly as a result of the incredible spending that is occurring at the federal level. Since Kim Schreier took office, she's increased the national debt by $10 trillion, or 50%. National debt has increased in the last three years by 50%. Um, the price of gas through the roof, the price of consumer goods, the price of oil up 71%, the price of a used car up 46%. Uh, it is a direct, essentially, garnishment of every person in America's wages. You can't spend uh, in a socialistic way um, the way the Democrats are doing and actually have it do good. Democrats think it's going to do good. The, the, the principles behind the Republican Party, one of the basic ones is we want to resist the urge to have government solve all of our problems. And that is uh, a basic tenet of mine. That's why I'm proud to have opposed more new tax increases by far than any other member of the King County Council, including the, the six Republicans that I started serving with um, on the Council and have over time. Uh, we got to stop spending. Look at crime. So I ran President Bush's National Effort to Fight Gun Violence, Project Safe Neighborhoods, uh, was credited across the country um, with making a huge reduction in violent crime. What happened is Democrats took control and they disbanded that program. And look at what we have now. Look at this pipe dream of we'll have social workers and counter-violent criminals and try to put them behind 
bars. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It's not working, which is why last year King County had record shootings, 460 shootings in King County last year. It's even worse at the beginning of 2022. Record uh, homicides with a gun last year in, in this uh, overdoses of fentanyl up 400% in the last two years since 2019. In every measurable category, um, the Democrats are failing at, at criminal justice. Another area where they're failing is at the border. We had 1.7 million people come across the border illegally last year. Okay, and the left will tell you that it's, uh, you know, it's just people wanting to come across and have a better life. And you know what? That's true for some, and I respect that. They need to go through the legal channels to become U.S. citizens, not the illegal channels. 1.7 million is too much. There have been 10,000 bodies recovered in Texas alone over the last decade from people trying and not making it, coming across the border illegally. We must secure our borders. Uh, it is a draconian mistake to reverse Title 42 by the President of the United States, President Biden, um, and it will lead to more deaths coming across the border, and it will lead to the other category of people, the smugglers, the bad actors, the criminals. So I've, I, I visited both the northern border and the southern border in my work at the U.S. Department of Justice, and I can tell you it's just it's open. It's wide open uh, on both borders, um, and the 1.7 million that come across are an indicator of how wide open it is. I've prosecuted arms smugglers, okay, weapons traffickers, drug dealers and drug smugglers like people bringing in fentanyl from southern border from China and other areas. I prosecuted people who are uh, come across the border for terrorist activities like the Saudi. So you got to secure our borders. And and the difference between me and, and maybe some other uh, folks in the party is I actually believe you need physical barriers. I actually think you must have physical barriers. You can keep an uh, open port of entry uh, obviously for truck traffic, train traffic plane traffic, but by and large, in those rural areas, you need, you need physical border, borders, or we will continue to get this, this international threat nationally. So I see what the Democrats are doing, what Kim Schreier is doing. She has a spending problem. Uh, they're not taking crime seriously. And uh, I made a decision that I am running for Congress because I think I can uh, make a difference, make this country safer, make it financially stable, make it competitive for the 20... Uh, for the next century and uh, and beyond. That's, that's great. Um, best case scenario this year, we win, we get, we get the majority in the House, we get the majority in the Senate. What can we realistically do um, for the next two years while you have a President Biden in the White House? I mean, what can, Republic, what can a Republican-controlled Congress, kind of what do you think the agenda should be for the next two years? Well, we can do a lot. I mean, again, Congress has control or power of the purse. So the ability to fund the, the federal government is, is a critically important um, position, and we need to use that as such. I mean, we can block Biden's ridiculous spending programs. Uh, we can fund things that need to be done. Um, but we can also lead, and I, I want to hearken back to pastime when Newt Gingrich took control of Congress, so we were talking about back in 1994, he had something called Contract with America. He said, in the first 100 days, I'm going to accomplish these things, and this is going to be our contract if we're elected. And I know that Kevin McCarthy and others are working on that, which is good, and we'll be rolling this out. Um, but we need to have deliverables that we can provide to the American people as soon as we get elected to show why we're a better party to govern, why we're going to do a, a better job in terms of a disciplined approach to governing. And, you know, Biden's been back in D.C. since 
forever, right? <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he will play ball if he's forced to with the party. He's going to have to give us things, and there's some things that we can do like enforcement, enforcing crime, our laws, um, like securing our borders, and obviously the biggest one is stop the spending. Mm-hmm. That's the number one problem in America right now is this, this reckless spending that the Democrats have used the pandemic and other quasi-emergencies, that they call them emergencies, uh, for the purpose of funding, and we need to stop that spending, and the Congress gets to do that directly, and I, I will on day one. Nice. Uh, obviously, in order to, to get there and to start fixing things and to rein in the federal government, first we got to win. Sure. And so kind of speaking to winning the district, you have won in King County in your council district, which heavily overlaps with the 8th. I mean, what, what are the keys as you see them to how do we make sure we win this year? Yeah, you know, I've, I've, had, I've run 11 different elections uh, between primaries and generals. I won 10 of those. I lost one in a narrow race to Bob Ferguson back in 2012. For attorney general, uh, was at forty-seven and a half percent on election night. Uh, Obama was on the ticket that year too. It was a tough year to run, uh, and I could tell you a few things about you know the ability to get elected, the ability to win. But particularly in a year like this, I mean, it is really shaping up to be a very good year for Republicans. Um, usually, can't tell until about six months out what kind of year it's going to be. Well, all the indicators: record inflation, record gas prices record crime. It just goes on and on. We're in a, in, engaged in a conflict in Europe and indirectly that I think is going to tail away from the president in terms of popularity. Uh, and the president has a 33% approval rating. By the way, I'll be in town on Friday for Kim Schreier, among other things. Um, so it's, it's, it's a great year to run. I've won five times in King County, one of the most liberal counties in the country, with an average of 65% of the vote. Um, People want to vote for folks that have a vision and a clear set of priorities moving forward and can articulate those, and then who uh, follow through on those priorities and implement them as they are elected. So promises made, promises kept. And that's what I really uh, have done and am proud of doing. Promises made, promises kept. Obviously, I'm leading in money, leading in cash on hand right now, uh, leading in the polls, um, beating uh, Kim Schreier by 4% beating the other Republicans by greater than two-to-one margin um, in the polls. That's a good place to start, but it doesn't guarantee victory. Every day is a new day. We have to put somebody through the primary that's the best able to compete against Kim Schreier. I believe I'm that candidate. And, uh, and remember, uh, we're all Republicans at the end of the day. and we're not, 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 not one of us is the enemy, but rather it is, it is really Kim Schreier's leadership style and the vote she's taken which I should note, and this is important, she has a 100% voting record with Joe Biden. Not 99, not 96, not 92, 100%. This district, the 8th, has always had an elected official who at least had the independence to take a vote or two that they believed in from time to time. She has shown exactly zero leadership in that area. And that is going to be a big problem in the District 8 um, general election campaign as we come up. Yeah, absolutely. We need somebody that represents us, the people of the 8th. It's a diverse district. We've got a lot of different areas, different issues, different concerns. Uh, but we're certainly not being served by somebody that's voting lockstep with President Biden and with Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, especially when he's got a 33% <laughs> approval rating. Right. Those are bad votes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, all right, as we wrap up, uh, how can people, if they, if they feel like you are the best uh, for this race, best to represent us in the 8th, how can people help? 
Yeah, well, first of all, Caleb, thanks for your, your great chairmanship of the party. We appreciate the chance to be on this podcast. Uh, I'd love to have people support. Uh, you can go to reagandunn.com to take a look at my positions on issues, my long endorsement list uh, that includes Dave Reichert, who held the seat, who was chairing my campaign, and Dan Evans and Doc Hastings and Pam Roach and many other people who are supporting me. So reagandunn.com. And, you know, this is a democracy, and in a democracy, we want to provide choice. You know, I am one of many choices. I encourage everyone to take a look around at who is running and who they like, who they believe in, who they think will be the best job as our congressperson. But I would say one final thing. I have always been a party-building Republican. There are Republicans who get elected to office, and they go off and do their own thing. And there are Republicans who stick around and help other Republicans get elected. I've been a PCAO delegate to the National Convention. Uh, worked in administrations. If I'm elected to Congress, I will help build the Republican Party because we need it. As you know, you've been working hard. I've been working hard. We've been working hard together to try and make this party strong once again. And I think this is the year to do it. All right. Well, if you win, I'm going to hold you to that. And we're going to build a very strong party moving forward. But Reagan Dunn, appreciate you stopping by. appreciate you stepping forward to serve the people of the 8th Congressional District, serve the people of Washington State. So thank you very much. Thanks, Caleb, for having me. I appreciate it. All right.